0: Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God. I'm glad you joined us today. We're in the middle of a crucial series, Life, Death, Resurrection, and Eternal Life. It's something very important for each one of us. The topic today has brought confusion to many, and yet we'll discover wonderful encouragement in the Word of God. We're talking about the fires of hell and eternal torment. You say, Derek, how could that be good news? Well, stay with us, and you'll be blessed by a study of the Word of God. Welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. Good to see you all take a look at each other. You You look like the world. You don't all look the same, and we're glad that you can be with us. We're also glad to have Some of our remote team members with us. Nicholas, good to have you back from Georgia. Glad you're here. Rodney from Toronto. Good to see you again, Rodney. And also Alex joining us from Arkansas. Alex, great to have you on the team today. And we're glad you're here wherever you're joining us from as part of our Hope Sabbath School family. We're always delighted to hear from you. You can write to us at SSHOPE at hopetv.org. Did you get the free gift that we're offering during this series on life, death, resurrection, and eternal life? You can go to our website and get a digital copy of a wonderful book, The Story of Jesus. It focuses on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and His gift of eternal life to each one of us. It's a beautiful resource, and it's yours absolutely free. You just have to go to our website, hopetv.org, slash, SS, Click on the free gift button, and I'm sure that you'll be blessed. Well, here's a few emails that we've received recently. You know we have an international community, don't we? This is a Liberian living in Norway. That's got to be an unusual one, right? A long way from home, and Liberia is a little warmer than Norway, by the way. I'm Ernest, he writes, originally from Liberia, but now in Norway. I've been watching Hope Sabbath School for over a decade now. Now, you never met Ernest, and you didn't know he was a Liberian living (laughs) in Norway, and yet God's been blessing him through the ministry of Hope Sabbath School for a decade. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Praise Praise God. When I moved to Norway, I had no Adventist church in my area, so I decided to do my Sabbath school study online. I did the adult Sabbath school study sometimes, but I wanted an interactive class where I could learn different perspectives. In my search to get a study, I came across... Oops, Sabbath. Sabbath <laughs> Amen. And I've been glued to it ever since. <laughs> I love the testimonies, the Scripture songs, and the diversity. I want to think, thank Bodil Morris for making Scripture songs, Amen. and thereby making it easier to remember the Word of God. Well, you know, I'm touched, Ernest, that you wrote to us because God's blessing lives around the world, mm-hmm. right? Amen. And we're just so glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Christine writes to us from or oh, Christy, excuse me, from Illinois in the United States. And she says, Hello, Hope Sabbath School. Hello. Christy got the wave. <laughs> I like the interaction. How everyone is into the Word of God. Right. Amen. Mm. I study with Hope Sabbath School every day. Amen. And I have grown in my teaching. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Christy, we're glad you're part of our study. And by the way, um, this is not a sermon here, is it? It's an in depth, interactive interactive study. Mm -hmm. And we're glad you're part of it there in Illinois. Here's a, uh, a note from a donor in Texas. And by the way, I want to thank you. Those who are impact partners with us. You're part of the miracle. We're a donor supported ministry. This donor writes from Texas I'm totally blessed by your programming. Hope Sabbath School is high on my list. Amen. Amen. Blessings to each of you. You are prayed for daily.
1: Amen. Wow. Praise God.
0: For your Amen. needs and the guidance and infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise, Amen. Praise God. Thank you. You know your name even though I won't mention it, thank you for a donation of $200 to bless the ministry of Hope Sabbath School. We really appreciate each one of you. Thanks for being part of the miracle. One last note from Ruth Ann Marie from Seychelles. That's in the Indian Ocean. Long way from here. Mm -hmm. I just love the fact that I can listen to the rich exchange on Hope Sabbath School from the comfort of my home. I love you all and appreciate your contributions. Mm. Amen. The music, word-for-word word from the Bible, the fellowship of the class, is palpable." Mm. Mm.
2: Mm. You
0: know what that means. You can feel it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The insight shared by each participant is a blessing and an exhortation, not forgetting the excellent teaching, which is obviously Spirit-led, and Ruth Ann Marie closes by saying, do not stop. Amen. <laughs> Well, we won't stop until Jesus comes, Ruth Ann Marie. Mm. By the way, she ends by saying, I am an adult who teaches young children. Mm. Amen. We're just so excited to to know that there's a, a woman of God, okay. Ruth Ann Marie, in Seychelles, who's mm. not only blessed by the Word of God, but blessing the lives of the children. Thank you so much for being part of our Hope Sabbath School family. We're going to sing now. It's our theme song. It's taken from the words of Jesus in Revelation 1. Do not be afraid, he says. That's a great song for this topic, isn't it, about fires of hell and eternal torment. Mm -hmm. He says, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of Hades. That's the grave and of death. Let's sing it together. Ah, but be afraid, I am the first and the last, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, Amen, and I have the keys of Hades and of death. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Ooh, it and who was and who is to come. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to come? The Almighty, the Almighty. remember that song, what means the most to me is that Jesus has the keys, mm-hmm. Amen. but we're going to discover that He wants all of us to be saved, mm-hmm. yeah. that these fires of hell, whatever they are, we'll study about, and whatever this torment, that is not intended for any of His children. Mm-hmm. He wants yeah. us all to be saved, so let's pray the Holy Spirit will guide us as we study. Father in heaven, thank You that Your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and Your Word more than anything else, reveals Your immeasurable, unfailing love, perfectly revealed in the person of Mm -hmm. Jesus, Son of God, who came into humanity, our Messiah, Savior, and soon-coming King. And I pray as we study about fires of hell and Mm -hmm. torment that we would get a clear picture of an amazing God who loves us and wants all of us to be with Him forever. Mm -hmm. Guide us by Your Holy Spirit, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we're going to start our study with the words of Jesus. Travis, if you could take us to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 8 and 9, and we're going to look at what Jesus says about, uh, well, He mentions hellfire.
3: I'll be reading from the New King James Version. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life maimed or lame, or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire." Mm.
0: Now, obviously, this isn't literal. How do I know that? Well, if you've got a problem with looking at inappropriate things, if you pluck out one eye, You can still use the other 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 eye, right? If you've got a problem with touching or stealing things and you cut off a hand, you've still got the other hand. This is what we call a hyperbole. 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 Thank you, Nicole. It's an exaggeration. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying, don't let anything get in the way way of you being with me forever in my eternal kingdom. But then He does speak about a fire, doesn't He? A fire. Stephanie, could you take us to Mark chapter 9, verse 43, where Jesus again speaks about a fire?
4: All right, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched.
0: So now we've got a little more. You say, what did you read? They sounded almost the same, but here it says the fire that shall never be quenched. Mm -hmm. So the challenge here is, does that mean it will go on forever and ever, or it cannot be extinguished until it has fully consumed everything that it's burning? Well, I think we may find an answer to that question. Anisha, if you could look with us in Malachi chapter 4, let's look at the first three verses. Malachi, the prophet, last book of the Old Testament Scriptures, 4, verses 1 through 3.
5: All right. No, okay. all right, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. For, behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healings in his wings, and you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I have commanded him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments."
0: So, important teaching. Stephanie, what do you, What jumps out at you? We're, we're studying here about a fire uh, that um, apparently comes from God, or is, is God in origin. Yeah, what do I you learn? S-
4: I see that it will be burned up and it will be a stubble, okay. which means it's complete.
0: All
1: right.
4: That, that action is complete. Jason?
1: I see 2 in verse uh, 3. The latter part says, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet." Mm -hmm. So, some of that has been completely Mm -hmm. done away, as far as, you know, it consumed it.
0: And I want to say again uh, that God doesn't want anybody to To be burned up in that fire, Mm -hmm. That's right? Right? Well, it does say in Revelation that there is a lake of fire prepared for the devil and and his angels, angels. but I don't think He wanted any of them to be in that fire Mm -hmm. either. But Mm -hmm. there is a place beyond which a line, if you want, a figurative line, once you step over that line, there's there's no more opportunity for repentance. Right, yeah. But God's wanting to save us, right? That's yeah. right. The message is very, very clear. Well, let's talk a little more about that fire. Uh, Leah, could you go right before the book of Revelation is a one-chapter book called Jude. <laughs> uh, some Bible scholars, I think, with good reason, believe that that was one of the stepbrothers of Jesus listed in Matthew 13, is one of the sons of Joseph, right? So Jude writes a short letter with some amazing things in it, actually. But let's look at verse 7.
2: I'll be reading from the New International Version. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire.
0: So, what does it call that fire? What does Jude call that fire under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit?
3: Eternal fire.
0: Eternal fire. fire. (laughs) Has anybody ever been to the region of the Dead Sea? Has anybody been to Israel? Mm -hmm. No? Anybody? Remotes? No? Should I raise my hand? (laughs) (laughs) Let me just testify, those cities are not still burning. Right, right. Right? So, what what does it mean, eternal fire? Well, what do you think?
1: Yes, Jason. More so the, the actual event is like eternal. The punishment ah. is like, you know, complete.
0: Okay, because you talked about ashes, yeah, too, ashes didn't you? Yes, yes. So this idea that, that it is eternal in its consequence, yes, right? Yes, yes. Well, let's, let's talk about the fire that uh, Leah just read about. Uh, Alex, you want to make a comment before we go to Genesis and look at that story about Sodom and Gomorrah?
6: I actually want to make a comment about the fire being eternal and rather what the scripture provides and I'm reading from the New King James and this is found in Revelation chapter 20 verses 14 it says then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death here it describes that death itself is cast into the fire meaning that it's gonna be no more So, how can you have, like, this everlasting um, torture if death itself is going to be consumed and there's going to be no more
0: wicked, if you will? Great point. Thank you for bringing that out. Uh, Jason, could you read for us in Genesis 19, uh, where it speaks about the fire that Leah read about in Jude, verse 7, uh, which was called an eternal fire? Where does that fire come from? Because some people think hell is, like, somewhere down in some mm-hmm. subterranean space, right? Mm. Uh, and there are pictures of that and people underneath screaming and right, mm. that was kind of terrified people. That's not how God draws people, is it? Mm-hmm. He draws us by love. But what does it say in the account in Genesis uh, chapter 19, verse 24? The
7: New King James Version says, Genesis chapter 19, verse 24 Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. FROM THE LORD OUT OF THE HEAVENS. Mm.
0: OKAY, SO WHERE DOES THE FIRE COME FROM?
2: HEAVEN. Heaven, heaven.
0: IT COMES DOWN. (laughs) I ONLY IMAGINE IF GOD'S NOT WILLING THAT ANY SHOULD PERISH, IT'S NOT WITH ANY KIND OF JOY, PLEASURE,
3: RIGHT, Mm. TRAVIS? I JUST REMEMBER THIS IS BEING DESCRIBED IN THE BOOK OF uh, ISAIAH, AND HE CALLS IT A STRANGE ACT Mm. mm -hmm. BECAUSE IT'S OUTSIDE OF THE CHARACTER OF GOD. IT'S NOT SOMETHING HE WANTS TO DO. It's actually that He wants to destroy sin, and the human won't let sin go. Mm-hmm.
0: So, if you read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, He sends <laughs> some heavenly messengers, literally, to plead yeah. with people and even, and right, Stephanie, pull them out. Now, yeah. you know, <laughs> God won't force us, but He'll right. do everything He can yeah. to save us from that fire. Mm-hmm. Again, that fire came down. Right. Lalika, L- L- could you read for us in Revelation where it also speaks about some fire coming down in Revelation 20 and verse 9. It's actually the same chapter that Alex read from just a few minutes ago in Revelation 20 and verse 9.
8: I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it says, They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Mm.
0: So, several things are important there. Again, where does the fire come from? It comes down from God out of heaven. But there was a key word right at the end. Devoured. What was it, Nisha? De- devoured. Yeah. Devoured. What, uh, what, what does that word mean, devoured?
5: Holy consumed. <laughs> yeah.
0: If I was on a safari and <laughs> they said, uh, oh, oh, the driver was devoured, mm. what does that mean? No. Gone, right? Gone. It, it's different from, oh, he got bitten. Right. Right. Devoured yeah. means gone. gone, over, finished, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But again, the fire's coming down from God out of heaven. Now, mm-hmm. if we stopped our study there, what important lessons have we learned about uh, hellfire from, our, from the verses we've read? Anybody? Um, Stephanie?
4: I think it's mercy. That it's not a continuation, it's devoured, Mm. you meet it, and it's done. So you
0: actually see love revealed in this... this strange act that, that you spoke yeah. about, Travis. Nisha,
5: And just that it comes from God, which is why I, I would, it goes back to Stephanie's point of it, uh, there being some sort of love in it, is that it comes from God, and God is love.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: Now, I'm just flashing back. <laughs> I see Ni- Nicholas and Rodney will come to your points. I'm flashing back to a story in the book of Job where Satan sends fire down and consumes things, right? Mm. Yeah. Remember that? But that is not an act of love and mercy. If you read the book of Job, he's trying to crush yeah. this faithful follower of God. Uh, Nicholas.
9: Yeah, one one idea that I think we can see from that is that there is a final destruction and an end to evil, which I think is a comfort, because, you know, here on earth, the idea of and a happily ever after is kind of like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. But that's what God is promising, that evil will end eternally. And so I think the nature of those the result of those fires being eternal, not, not their torment, but the result of those being eternal. Um, and the eternal end to evil that it significates is a hope to us, because we know that, you know, we'll have only good forever.
0: Peter talks about a new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. So, there is going to be an end uh, to sin and, and to evil. Uh, Rodney? And just to compliment Nicholas's thought
10: there, um, the the evil will be totally eradicated. But smack in the middle of, um, if we go back to Malachi 4, 1 to 3, we read earlier, the part that really caught my attention, Pastor, is verse 2, which is, it says, But to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall go out all fat like the stall-fed calves. In other words, for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, while we're talking about hellfire, there will be those of us who have that um,
0: constant relationship with Jesus, we will be saved from this hellfire. Mm-hmm. So, we've got some summary here, and Alex, I saw your point point. come to you in just a second here. The Bible does talk about fire, yep. But it's a fire that consumes or devours. Mm -hmm. And it's not down somewhere. It comes from God. And He doesn't want any of us to be caught in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. Can we settle with that? But there is an issue of tormented forever and ever. Mm -hmm. That expression comes to the Bible. But Alex, I'll take your comment first.
6: Yes, and it's a good point that you brought up that the fire actually comes from heaven. Because really the mindset was people... Is that Satan is in charge of him mm. but if there isn't any over here but it rather it comes from the Lord the judgment how can he ever be ever in charge of that
10: mm, but
6: wow. not only that it touches me growing up hearing this false teaching if you will of people being burned forever but then at the same time you see another glimpse of the scripture saying that God is love and that at, you know growing up it ruins You know, it's like, how can this be so? Mm. Hence, it led me to really go astray for a while until I actually saw the full picture, which is God is love, and He is loving. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Alex, thank you for sharing it. Great to see uh, a testimony of someone who's found freedom by understanding the the teaching of the Word of God. Um, I want someone to read for us in Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Anybody have Ezekiel, Jason? Uh, because we've, we've kind of heard this, uh, I think, Travis, you mentioned it earlier, but let's read it from the prophet Ezekiel in chapter 33, verse 11. It would be my pleasure.
1: And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And the Bible says, Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why should you die, O house of Israel?
0: Mm. Why does God have no pleasure in the death of the wicked? Who could answer that question for me? Why does, Stephanie, why does He have no pleasure in the death of the wicked? We're His
4: creation and He loves us. He died for us. He gave His blood for us.
0: Well, imagine if you have a large family, maybe six children. You say, well, as long as only four of, four of them make it, that's at least four. You don't do that. You love them all, right? That's right. You want them all to be with you, happy, cared for, thriving. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's how God feels about His children. Uh, Rodney and then Lelicia. Lelika.
10: And I will read from the New King James Version, Matthew 25 and verse 41.
0: Then he will also
10: say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So this fire that we're talking about, Pastor Derek, it was made for the devil and his angels, not for us. So we have no business to be there. And that is really comforting for all of us.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Rodney. And yet there's a difficult technical in Revelation 20 and verse 10, uh, which talks about tormented forever and ever. So we, we need to wrestle with what that means. We, we, uh, we know hell's not a place, it's fire that comes down. It consumes or devours root and stubble, ashes under our feet, so there's not people screaming throughout eternity. But what's, what's this text tell us in Revelation 20 and verse 10?
1: The New International Version tells us and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever.
0: You read that and it sounds like some of the pictures that you can see, right? That forever and ever people are screaming in the fires of hell and they're never uh, consumed. They're never devoured. And yet, let's look at some other Scriptures. Uh, Lalika, could you read to us uh, from John 3, verse 16? It's probably one of the best-known words of Jesus in the whole Bible, John 3 and verse 16, where He, unfortunately, does speak about the consequence of sin. How does that read in your Bible?
8: I'll be reading from the New King James Version. It says, "...for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life."
0: That's the good news, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what comes to your mind when you think of the word, perish? Leah, perish, what, what, what does that say to you?
2: Um, destroyed forever. Destroyed
0: forever, right, mm-hmm. perish. Uh, Jesus said, mm-hmm. I've come so that you should not be destroyed forever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? That's right What about Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writing in Romans 6? Uh, Nicholas, if you could read Romans 6:23 for us, you know this is why when we're studying some of these important topics, we need to look at the whole scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Romans 6 verse
9: 23?: Yes, and I will be reading from the new King James Version. And Romans 6:23 says, "For the wages of sin is death." but the gift of God is eternal life
0: in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is? Death. Death. What does death mean? Dead, right? In fact, Alex quoted about the second death, which is the final death. The first death is just, what did Jesus teach? Just asleep until the resurrection. In fact, there are two resurrections, right? The resurrection unto... Life Life. Life and the resurrection to condemnation, Mm -hmm. right? So, we want to be in the resurrection of life, but there is a death, Mm -hmm. a final death, a second death. (laughs) So, if those who reject the grace of God die, Mm. eternal destruction, what's this thing about eternal torment?
3: How how do you put those Mm. two ideas together? Travis, it's challenging, isn't it? Derek, you know, I just was thinking of Revelation 14, and I've read that in um, uh, verse... Um, I think it's verse 10, and um, I've Wait. thought about the smoke of their torment ascending forever and ever, sure. but I just thought of something. It says be, um, that they're going to suffer this in the presence of the angels and the presence of the Lamb. Mm. Well, the Bible is clear that the wicked aren't going to spend eternity in the presence of the angels and the presence of the Lamb. Mm. So it's clear then, if they're not going to spend eternity there, that this is only for a, a period of time that mm. this is going to happen.
0: Nicholas, did you want to add to that? Uh,
9: yes, just, just something I think on this idea of the verse in Romans 6.23 about eternal death versus eternal torment. Uh, one of the things I think is interesting to understand is that Satan is trying to twist the image that we have of God mm. by saying that God wants to torment those who do not follow him forever, which is actually, you know, a greater punishment than many would argue that the wicked deserve because, you know, you have a finite life of sin and then you have eternal punishment. And here we see that the wages of sin is is death, not eternal torment. So the idea that God would torment people forever is actually un unfair. And Paul is saying that, you know, it's not the idea of eternal torment that is the results of God, but it's eternal life. Death is our choice and eternal life is God's gift. And in neither one is eternal torment mentioned.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at a difficult passage, Jason, if you could read for us in uh, Mark 9, where Jesus does speak about uh, that their worm does not die. He's quoting from the prophet Isaiah. It, you know, we, we have this uh, conundrum, this challenge, right, because it speaks about death, destroyed, devoured, and yet there's this idea of worm does not die, uh, tormented forever and ever. Let's, let's read on Mark 9, 43 to 48.
7: The New King James Version says, in Mark chapter 9, verse 43 to 48, "'If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed, rather than having two hands to go to hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life lame rather than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched.
0: Three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus quotes from the prophet Isaiah that the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched, and yet we've studied that eternal fire is eternal in consequence. That's right. Sodom and Gomorrah is still not burning. And, and by the way, the fire that comes down out of heaven at the end, that's after the resurrection of the wicked right. to judgment, mm-hmm. that's not still burning outside the right. city forever, right? Mm-hmm. right. So, what, what do you think the prophet was saying, and Jesus quotes him three times, "'The worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched.'"
7: Jason? Well, the book of Isaiah has a lot of symbolic language as well, and so I think here this is a symbolism saying this is complete, this is final. Uh, it's not like there's going to be some kind of process after this for them. So, the worm does not die, the fire is not quenched, there's not going to be a change. This is a
0: finality. <sighs> Yes, Stephanie?
4: In addition to that, um, what Jason was saying, I'm, I'm thinking that there's a, a focus and a purpose of this passage. What is that? Is it about hellfire, or is it a bigger picture that it's, it keeps focusing on?
0: And the bigger picture is don't let anything keep you out of the Ooh, joy right. of being with the, your Redeemer forever, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Cut things off, pluck them out, do whatever you need to do or to the rich young ruler, he says, "'Leave all your money, give it away, and follow me, whatever you need to do in order to experience Mm -hmm. the joy that I have for you.'" And I think, you know, if I just read that without understanding the character of God, it really could Mm. get quite depressing, couldn't it? But there will, unfortunately, be those who reject the mercy of God, and there will be a final eradication Mm -hmm. of sin. Well, let's look at another topic, because You've got this idea that grew up that hell was a place somewhere. You know, sermons were preached about sinners walking over rotten boards and falling down into an eternal fire. And You go, whoa, where did that come from? And, and, and you know, just that false teaching to scare people mm-hmm. into obeying God, which is never the way God worked. But yeah. there was also this doctrine that emerged called purgatory, which is not in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But does anybody know what that teaching purgatory uh, says anybody can you explain purgatory anybody yeah
3: P- yes travis it's supposedly it 's a Roman Catholic doctrine um, and it 's supposedly a place of limbo where you'll be uh, punished maybe temporarily for your sins, and you can either get paid to get out, or if you've been punished enough, you'll be able to get into heaven, which completely completely destroys the fact that Jesus has paid it all. Now you're suffering for part of your sins, which would mean Jesus only paid for a part, and it's very confusing. And um, actually it uh, really destroys the character of God. Mm.
0: Is that an accurate description? Is that kind of what you know about purgatory? Stephanie? It would
4: also give you the idea that you have a second chance. So, if you didn't quite make it in this life, you still have a chance after you after you die.
0: I, either by suffering or by paying someone mm-hmm. to say prayers for you. Or- yeah. Leah?
2: Yeah, I think it means that, like, it doesn't make sense, really, because then you have to It just destroys the meaning that Jesus came and died for us Mm -hmm. and that we have to start over, Mm -hmm. and that defeats the purpose.
0: So, instead of trusting fully in Jesus, maybe I could do some things Mm. or pay somebody to help me, or I could maybe pay so my loved one can get through purgatory. Well, if that's not a biblical Mm. teaching, by the way, the Bible clearly says the soul that sins, it will die, right? That's right. It's not like you'll have another place to go. Right. Yes. Uh, why do you think people believe in a, a non-biblical doctrine and maybe even pay people to say prayers for, for loved ones so they can get through more quickly? Why, why would they do that, Jason?
1: I think tradition is one aspect of it, but also in some sense it, it may be comforting at the time And so, you know, dealing with deaf and and that type of nature, it's just something to kind of say to kind of pamper them in a sense, you know, and then they walk away with it thinking that it's true. All right. Uh, Nicole? I think human nature, we want, we believe that we have within ourselves the ability to do whatever we want to do, mm. and so therefore we take that into death. And so if we don't really want to die, then we can pay someone to help us not die or not go where we're not supposed to be. So I think it takes away our dependence on God and, and yes. the sacrifice that He made to save us in His kingdom.
0: we got lots of hands raised. That's good. We're going to come to them. By the way, if I could yes. pay someone or do something to help a loved one get through Tormenting fire quicker, wouldn't I want to do right, that? Right, right. If it was true, right? Right, right, right? I'm going to take a couple of hands from our remotes and then I'll come I'll come back to the team here. Alex.
6: Yes, and you actually touched on it a little bit when it comes to the believing in the purgatory. It makes sense if you adopt the eternal fire. It's like you have an opportunity to save your loved ones from eternal fire. And it's like, okay, I would do that because it's 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 a helpful way to help them. But it's something really important that we need to keep in mind. And this is found in Revelation chapter one in verse 18, because this whole idea what we're talking about purgatory. is about how man actually has the ability to free the people from death or everlasting torment. But if you look in Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, I'm reading the New King James.
0: Okay, give us it a says, moment to find that, Alex. Revelation chapter yes. 1, you're actually reading our scripture song, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Revelation <laughs> chapter 1 and verse 18. Go ahead.
6: Yes, it says, I, This is Christ speaking. I am he who lives and was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen." And this is the key. I have the keys of Hades and of death. When we take this doctrine of purgatory, it's like as if we're saying we have the ability to unlock that, which only Christ is able to unlock, if you will.
0: Mm. Rodney, do you want to add to that? Why Why do people believe they could do something to uh, help rescue their loved ones?
10: You know, if we go back to the Garden of of Eden, um, Adam and Eve were made to live forever. So there is a deep desire that we have to live forever. And we know what happened in the Garden of Eden where where Adam and Eve sinned and we were separated from God. And the devil knows that we still have that desire to live forever and what he's trying to do is to deceive us to find another way to get to eternity the bible tells us that um, mm. but the wages of sin is death but the gift of mm. god is eternal life that comes through jesus That's right. and so if we want eternal life we have to go through jesus but the devil now is trying to deceive us to figure out other ways that we can try to attain eternal mm. life Mm. Again, purgatory is is one of those ways, but we can see here clearly that we will have eternal
0: life only through Jesus Christ. After a couple of comments, we're going to read some texts that clearly tell us that when you die, there's there's nothing you can do to change your destiny, Mm -hmm. right,
3: Travis? And I just want to be fair to all those who believe in Mm -hmm. this doctrine, because when this doctrine was introduced, People weren't allowed to have the Bibles.
0: They didn't have the They access. were blind.
3: But we have them now. Right. And so I'm thinking about these people who've believed this over time and it's been handed down. It's hard to the Bible even says you can't put new wine into old wineskin wineskin. So it's it's a hard thing to to to, to take and accept a new mm-hmm. doctrine and so they didn't have that back then. They didn't have the scriptures.
0: So they'd have the paintings with the fire and people screaming and uh, services in a language they didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, it, it wasn't easy for them to find truth, right, Nisha?
5: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in, in the idea of purgatory, I think we're a people of hope. And I think in the idea and, and chance, we like giving people chances, we like giving people hope, and I think that that's what this uh, human-made idea offers. It's the chance that we somehow will offer a hope and a chance that God doesn't in some way or whatever it is, but. But ultimately, I I, I mean, God does everything He needs to do in that person's life on earth to provide those chances. He doesn't need to do it after death. He does the whole work finitely during a person's life.
0: And actually, He can't do it after death. Mm -hmm. Now, you say, is there anything God can't do? Well, once you die, you're going to come up in one of the two resurrections, yes. right? Yes. That, the case is that. Let's look at a few verses that, mm-hmm. uh, that speak about the finality uh, that, our, if you will, our eternal destiny is sealed at that point. Ezekiel, chapter 18, verses uh, 20 to 23. And, Lalika, if you could read that for us, Ezekiel, 18, 20 to 23.
8: I'll be reading from the New King James Version. The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him himself. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right and right he shall surely live he shall not die none of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done he shall live do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and leave?"
5: Mm.
0: What a beautiful appeal, right? <laughs> yes. God's like, I don't want any of you to suffer the terror of eternal death, yeah. right? Now, I don't think we're terrorized once we're dead, but but as a person right. has hardened their heart and they realize they've rejected the grace of God, that must not be a joyful mm. experience at all, right? Correct. Uh, anyone want to comment on that? Did I see a hand raised? Lilika.
8: So, um, we see that with the doctrine of purgatory, he purified the soul to get into eternal salvation. Uh, as Travis was saying, um, they, they believed that because they did not have the Bible, and they trusted those who told them mm. um, um, those uh, ideas or doctrines. And um, people would pay and do whatever they could for their loved one that mm. died because they loved them. Amen. The Bible says that God is love. That, that is uh, what God is. I don't remember the Bible saying that God is justice as his name but he is also justice. and those two things are what constitutes the character of God love and justice and the bible says that God loves us if i am willing to pay for my loved one to be purified and enter into eternal salvation why would god want to do that that because the bible said that he loved love, loves us because of that he gave his only begotten Son. Would mm-hmm. He want to do the same thing while we're still alive, do whatever He can to save us?
0: I think the the, the whole point is that it really displaces the saving work of right. Jesus, that's doesn't right. it? That's, that's that's right. Right. That somehow this is kind yeah. of a do-it-yourself. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the truth of the matter is, when we die, our eternal destiny is settled. Alex, mm-hmm. could you read from the book of Hebrews for us, chapter 9 and verse 27?
6: Yes, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. I am reading in the New King James, and it says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment.
0: So it's just not in the Bible that, uh, well, maybe after I die, someone will say a prayer for me or pay for a religious service for me, and it can rescue me out of an eternal yeah. Torment, mm-hmm. which is totally contrary to the character of God, and help me along the way. But I think that I like Travis what you said earlier, and that is, let's not be hard on people. In fact, I heard Lalika saying it too. Some you may have grown up in a country where that was taught to almost everybody, right. mm-hmm. and you trust your leaders that they're telling you the truth even though it may not be in the Scripture. And so you do whatever you could Mm -hmm. to bless the lives of your loved ones. But actually, what you can do to bless the lives of your loved ones is tell them while they're still alive the way of salvation, right? Right. Which brings us to our last section of our study, which is, uh, when do the redeemed go to be with the Lord? Because we've got these other ideas not only of people going to a place of burning now and suffering for an ev- ever and ever, but yeah. also that tied with that is the idea that the righteous don't sleep in the grave either until the mm-hmm. coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. They also go somewhere to be with the Lord right away. So let's look uh, at a few passages that will help us to understand that more clearly. And uh, let's go to Acts chapter two. And uh, Leah, could you read Acts 2, verse 29 for us?
2: I'm reading from the New International Version. Uh, Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day.
0: So, uh, David, saved or lost, from what you know? Saved. He's a sinner, though.
3: Yeah. saved by, grace. Save by Save grace,
0: really. grace, right In That's fact, right. he's called the man after God's heart not because he committed adultery and murdered somebody and actually murdered a lot of people, mm. but because mm. he cried out, GOD Someone. created me a clean heart, mm. right? Yes. right? Restore to me the joy of
3: salvation. your salvation, salvation,
0: not my salvation, right mm-hmm. So but where is he now? Is he up in heaven? He's in that the tomb. tomb. It says he's buried and in the tomb, right? Mm-hmm. We just read. Uh, Alex, you read for us earlier, uh, but could you read for us again from 1 Corinthians 15, verses 16 through 18? The Apostle Paul is talking about some other righteous people and uh, where they are right now.
6: I'm reading from the New King James, and it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16, and it says, "...for if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen." Down through verse and 18, says,
0: please.
6: Yes, and it says, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins, then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished.
0: Mm. Mm. Th- that's telling us how many of the redeemed are in heaven right now.
2: Not
0: well, from not this not it not. says all. But you say, right. wait a minute, Derek, there are a couple of exceptions, right?" right? Uh, Nicole, talk to us about those. The, I only know of three for sure. Well, maybe some when Christ was raised were also raised, but who comes to your mind? Well, the first person
1: comes to my mind is Moses, of course. Okay. Moses was, um, was, was, he died, was here in heaven, but God resurrected him. So he is one exception to this
0: text. All right. And before him, Elijah there are two also. other individuals, Elijah right? Also, yeah.
2: Elijah. What? Uh, one why before and
0: one why? after, right? Yeah. Uh, Jason, who's the one before? There's Enoch. Enoch, right. He walked with God and God took him. So he was, we use the word translated, or to use yes. modern language, beamed up, right? <laughs> he he was caught up into the heavens. And there was one other that we know of. Elijah. Elijah, Elijah. right, mm-hmm. was caught up. And it's interesting, they appear on the Mount of Transfiguration, mm-hmm. don't yes. they? Yes. Yes. Representing those who will never see death, mm-hmm. um, That means they were alive when Christ is returning in glory. And the righteous who die and are? Raised. Raised. Raised to life again. Mm. So, there are those uh, that are together with Him. Now, what about when, if all of the righteous, basically, apart from a few exceptions, are sleeping, when Mm. will they go to be with the Lord?
1: When He returns.
0: Well, there's lots of opinions about that, right? But the answer is found in the Bible,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> in a text that some of us have read before. Yes. But I'm going to ask uh, uh, Rodney if he'd read it for us. Uh, Rodney, if you could read from First Thessalonians chapter four. First Thessalonians four, Rodney, verses thirteen through seventeen. It tells us, and by the way, that would include all of the godly men and women that some people pray to, thinking mm. they'll intercede for them. They're mm. sleeping in the grave too, yes. right? Yes. All who are in the grave of the righteous will hear His voice. When will that happen? Rodney, could you read? And, and please notice, as he reads, that the Apostle Paul says, I receive this from the Lord. Oh, mm. amen. So, this is not just my opinion. Mm. I receive from the Lord what I'm telling you. Rodney?
10: And I'm reading from the New King James Version. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For, we, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will be no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord.
0: I want you to understand, he says, that the righteous dead are going to be raised when Christ comes. The righteous living will be transformed this mortal will put on immortality this corruptible will put on incorruption will be caught up together someone amen. say amen. amen to see the Lord in the air so the fine details of how long hellfire burns until everything's consumed will it be a second a minute a, an hour we don't know all we know for sure is it will be total in its consequence That's right. devoured eternal Burned up, eternal, finished. Mm. And we know even more than that, that God doesn't want any of us to be in that fire. Right? God wants us to be with the redeemed. So here's the crucial question. We've we've looked at some important topics, and we may have a few questions we'll ask when we get to the kingdom. But how can someone watching Hope Sabbath School today, how can they know for sure that they will be part of the redeemed. And they don't have to go to sleep every night, worried they might mm-hmm. end up in, in fire,
3: mm-hmm. whether it's
0: a lasting a minute or a long time. How can they have that assurance?
3: What would you tell them? Travis? Well, you know, in First John it says, if we have the Son, we have life. Mm-hmm. And we can know, mm-hmm. it says, that we have eternal life. And what does it mean to know that we have the Son? When we have a relationship with Jesus and believe that His death Is that he became the substitute for for everything that we've done, and that it was full and complete through his death and resurrection, and we accept that by faith, we have life in the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Should you encourage him to do
0: that, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Anybody else? Yes, Lilica.
8: John chapter six, verse
0: forty. Would you like to read that for us? Yes. John chapter six. Verse and verse 40, so that you would share this with a friend Exactly. if they said, how, how can I know that I'll be with the redeemed?
8: Mm-hmm. And it reads, And this is the will of Him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise Him up at the last time.
0: Amen. Amen. And by the way, I just thought of the raising up, and then I'll come to Nicholas for a closing comment. Some will be raised up from the grave, and others will just be raised up from the ground. Right.
2: That's right.
0: Right? Yes. Yeah. First, let's look. We're all going to be raised up together. Yes. Closing thought, Nicholas.
9: Yes. Um, as, as they said, I think the key is really Christ. And I was reminded of a verse in Galatians 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2. We don't have verse time 20. to
0: read that, Nicholas, but you can maybe paraphrase it for us. So we're almost. Yeah. Out of time. It,
9: it basically says that you know we. Paul has been crucified with Christ, and it's Christ who lives in him, and that's how he has the assurance of salvation. So it's Mm -hmm. that daily walk with Christ, with Christ living in us, and that's the gift of eternal life.
0: The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself himself for me. That is our blessed assurance, right? Mm -hmm. And thank you for reminding us that we can know we have eternal life, and the Lord will raise us up at the last day. Some of us may not fall asleep in the sleep of death Mm. and be raised in the resurrection. Some of us may just be raised up. (laughs) That's good news, isn't it? Mm. But whichever way, whether we're like the Moses or the Elijah and Enoch, we'll just be happy to be with the redeemed. And and we ought to tell, remind people around us that hellfire was not prepared for you, mm. mm. that God wants you to be with Him forever, Mm. to experience eternal joy in a new heavens and new earth, where righteousness dwells. Won't you trust Him today, my friend? Mm. Won't you say today, Jesus, save me? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord mm. shall be saved." Yes. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank You for a revelation of Your character. Yes, there will be a fire that purifies the earth, but You don't want any people to be caught in that fire. You mm-hmm. want us to call upon Your name and be rescued, redeemed, protected, now and forever. And so I pray for each person who's joined us for Hope Sabbath School today that we would rejoice that you're so anxious to save us. May we trust in your saving grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. You know, the blessing of salvation isn't just for you, but go out and be a blessing to those around you.